Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Nick Anderson Fitness Podcast. Today, I want to talk to you about how much weight you should be lifting and also why you should be trying to increase the amount of weight that you lift over time, whether that's lifting more weight, doing more reps, etc. We'll get it all into that in a little bit. But what I want to start with here is talking about what's called the RPE slash, I mean, there are two different scales, the, the RPE scale and the RIR scale. So the first one, the RPE scale, RPE stands for rate of perceived exertion. And this is a like a one to 10 scale. So how much you perceive that you exert yourself during any given set. So like a RPE of like four would be like a warm up set, like not very challenging for you. Whereas an RPE of 10 would mean you have failed your set. Like you have gone to failure. Maybe you, you did some bicep curls. You tried to get 10. You couldn't quite crank out that last one. That would be an RPE of 10. Um, and the RIR scale works inversely with that. So again, it's on a 1 to 10 scale. So if you have an RIR. Oh, I didn't tell you what RIR stood for. <laughs> RIR is reps in reserve. So however many reps you would be able to do at the end of a set. So again, let's take that bicep curl example. And let's say you did 10 reps, but you felt like you had two left in the tank. Like you could have cranked out 12 reps with perfect form or even just kind of getting close to failure. If you got to 12 reps and, and failed, you'd have an RIR of two because you'd have two reps in reserve. And again, these work inversely. So if you had that RIR of two, that would be an RPE of eight. And if you have never trained to failure before, you probably don't know how to use the scale very accurately because you need to have failed a set and felt what that feels like to appropriately know how to use the scale, how to know how much weight you're lifting. So um, there are some benefits to training to failure. Like you'll stimulate your muscles a little bit more. Uh, however, you shouldn't be doing it all the time because that can lead to injury very quickly. And you, I'm also not saying go put 400 pounds on a barbell back squat and go try and do it even though you know you can't. Like that's just stupid. But Doing it for exercises that have a little bit less danger factor, like a like a bicep curl, for example. Like, yeah, so you fail a bicep curl, what do you do? You just drop the weight, you're fine. Uh, if it's a bench press, like, you fail, someone needs to come save your life. Uh, <laughs> happened to me at the gym the other day. I <laughs> This is actually a funny story. I didn't realize I was going to go off on this, but I want to tell this story. Um, yeah, I was at the gym the other day, and I was trying to bench, I think it was 165. So I put a set of 45s on, I put a set of 10s on, and and then I put a set of 5s on. So, yeah, 165. And I go to pull the weight off the rack, and I'm like, holy shit, this is heavy. Like, am I just not as strong today? All right, fine, I guess I'm, I'm going to go for it, because this is 165. This should be easy for me. Not easy, but not super challenging either. And uh, I, I get one rep up and I'm like, holy shit, that was hard. And then I go to get the second one and the bar does not move from my chest at all. I am stuck there. Uh, some dude runs over, 
helps spot me, pulls the bar up. And I'm like, holy shit, like, thank you. you <laughs> any other gym, I would have been left to die. Uh, we ended up, like, spotting each other for each other's sets. But I realized after the fact, I didn't put 10s on the bar. I put 45s, 25s, and 5s. So I benched 195, which I've never done before. Uh, I got one rep, which I was super proud of. But, like, holy shit, make sure you're checking which plates go on the bar. Anyway, where was I on the actual podcast? I really wanted to tell that story because I thought it was hilarious that I put 25s instead of 10s and almost died. So, yeah, training to failure. Right, obviously, I trained to failure. So, And by the way, after that, my chest was so sore for a couple days because I had never trained to failure on a bench press. That's not true. I've, I've failed once before. The same thing. Someone came and saved my life. But I, I knew how much weight was on the bar. I probably should have used a spotter. If you are training to a spot where you're not sure you can do the bench press, go use a spotter. Don't be like me. Don't be an idiot. But you can train to failure on less dangerous movements. And I don't do this often. Maybe once every few months or something. Like train to failure on a bicep curl or a push-up. Like what's the worst that happens if you fail a push-up, right? You just just don't do the push-up you just fall to the floor don't face plant so so having a good idea of what failure feels like really helps you understand that rpe rir scale because if you don't you could be like wow that set was hard i was probably at rpe nine but really you could have done like four to five more reps just because it felt hard doesn't mean that you almost failed the set like if someone put a gun to your head and was like you need to do five more dumbbell bench presses you could probably do it so if that's you one of the things to do to help figure that out without training to failure as well is to video yourself doing your lifts and i'm a huge proponent of this not just for how much weight you should be lifting but also to be able to check your form and if you don't, if you don't know what you're doing with checking your form, like hire a coach. Uh, I have spots open right now. You can find me. I will leave the link in the show notes if you would like to work with me. But regardless of that, um, film your lifts anyway. You'll be able to see things that you might not catch just by looking at yourself in the mirror, which I also don't really recommend for most lifts because if you're looking in the mirror, you're probably turning your head and that's not the most ideal position to lift from. But if you look back at your video and you're like, man, all those sets looked, all those reps looked easy for me. Like once the weight starts coming up a little slower, that's when you are starting to train close to failure. That's when your RPE goes up. So you want to be training at RPE between like 7 and 10, 7 and 9 in most cases, 10 sometimes. So that means your last three reps should be fucking hard. Like they should feel heavy. I posted on my Instagram yesterday that it's not supposed to feel like taking a bubble bath. It should be uncomfortable. It should hurt. You should be like, wow, I'm not sure that I can do this. So that's very important for your training because if you're not, and we'll get into this, if you're not training to a point where it's difficult for you, your body won't change. Your body wants to stay as, as it is. It doesn't want to build muscle. 
you're the one who wants to build muscle. So you have to push your body to do that. Otherwise, it, your body will do everything it can to maintain homeostasis. That's just what it wants to do naturally. And you have to do that by applying a principle called progressive overload. And if you've been around in the fitness industry for a little bit, just like, I don't know if you follow pretty much anyone half intelligent on Instagram, you've probably heard them talk about progressive overload. Maybe you don't know what it is. Maybe you do. But it's very, very important if you want to change your body. And I think the best way that progressive overload is explained is through, I think it's a Greek or maybe like a Roman myth. Uh, it's called the myth of Milo. And basically it's about this, I think he was a farmer. I don't know what he was, but he had to carry a bull up a mountain every day. I don't know why. I don't really know what the myth is. I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't have all the answers here. But I do know that he carried it up the mountain every day as a baby, right? And he was small, right? It's easy to carry him. He's probably a couple pounds. I don't know how, how big a baby bull is. It's definitely not a couple pounds, but it's at least 20 pounds. Let's say it's at least 20 pounds. Um, so as he kept carrying the bull over the mountain, the bull started to grow up. So he started to get heavier and heavier. So Milo started to get stronger and stronger because over time he was increasing the demands on his muscles until he was able to carry a full-grown fucking bull over the mountain. This is probably not a true story, but I like it. I think it's a great way that to like demonstrate what progressive overload is. And obviously you're not going to be carrying a bull over a mountain unless that's your goal, which would be pretty fucking cool. But I highly doubt that's what you're going to do. So let's talk about how progressive overload works for strength training. So this, no matter what you're doing, you should be trying to increase the demand on your muscles over time. Whether that is lifting more weight with, with each set. And I, I'm not talking about week to week. You don't have to do this every single week. Uh, but gradually over time, maybe month to month, even every couple of weeks, if you're more advanced of a trainer in training, whatever, it's going to take longer. But if you're a little more new to it, you'll start to notice these increases a lot more quickly. So again, whether it's increasing how much weight you lift, maybe it's doing the same amount of weight with more reps, doing more sets, um, whether it is just doing it with better technique or slowing down your reps at the same weight to increase time under tension. These are all great ways to apply progressive overload. And progressive overload is what's going to make your body change. By increasing the demand on your muscles, it's going to make your muscles grow and get stronger. So if you're not applying progressive overload, your body will not change. You will just stay the same all the time. So if you go into the gym and lift the same, you do the same exact workout every day with the same exact weight, nothing's going to change. So don't be doing that. You should always be trying to improve on what you've been doing and build on that. So I, I like to do this in variations. Like for me, like for my clients programs, we do four week programs and I, I try to tell them by week one, like, yeah, you, you're just getting used to the movements and that's cool. But by like week four, I want to see you 
have increased wheat increased weight on most of your lifts not all there are some lifts that are very very hard to increase weight on a uh, great example is a lateral raise so many people get frustrated on lateral raises they're like ah oh, i've been stuck on 10 pounds for like three years like yeah that's fucking normal like it, when you're making that long lever arm on a exercise like that, it's very, very hard to increase weight. And also you're working your shoulders, which is a smaller muscle. Like, yeah, that should be hard. And you shouldn't be trying to increase weight on exercises like that very often because they're still going to be fucking hard. And like some of the most advanced and strongest people out there are still doing lateral raises with like, 25 30 pounds max there are some people out there doing it with like 50 pounds but their form is complete shit so don't worry about those people they are ego lifters and we don't have ego lifters here if you're an ego lifter go find another podcast or listen to this one and stop being an ego lifter because fuck that shit like you're gonna get hurt and we don't want that once you get hurt you're gonna be out of training for a while like risk reward there is not worth it so don't ego lift. In fact, don't be a chim douche. So with these principles in mind of the RPE, RIR scale, and progressive overload, the big question, and I got this question on um, in my Instagram comments from that very post that I talked about. And this question comes from simply underscore bow. Thank you very much for asking this question because it inspired me to put this podcast up because I think it was a great, great question. And the question is, how often should the weight amounts be changed and at what increments should you be adding weights? So I don't think there is a set amount of time for when you should increase weights. But if you're able to do a dumbbell bench press you you do 10 reps every week and the the ninth rep doesn't feel hard but maybe the 10th rep feels a little hard it's time to increase the weight and you don't have to go from pressing 35 pound dumbbells to 70 pound dumbbells all in one shot like go up to the next one on the rack if you're using let's say you're doing a barbell bench press add some two and a half pound plates if if you're going to go up to the next level, like small increments, the smallest increment possible. Because if you just try to go from a 35 pound dumbbell bench press to a 70, you're going to drop a dumbbell on your face. Or even if it's a bicep curl, like you're, you're just not going to be able to do it appropriately. Slow increments, slow and steady wins the race, not just with dieting, which I always talk about, but also with strength training you're not in a rush, right? Like enjoy your time in the gym. Enjoy the process of being able to lift more and more because there will come a day where you never get another PR. There will come a day where you reach your max. So enjoy the process of hitting PRs while you can, because one day you will peak, you will reach the limit of your strength and that like it's a good thing right like you've you've reached peak strength but it's kind of sad like 
you might not know it at the time too. Like you might not know that that was your last PR and then you're going to keep trying and you're like, like, no, this is my fucking max. Like, so enjoy the process. Don't rush it. Just have fun and increase your weight slowly because each time that you lift a heavier weight is a good feeling. We all love that feeling of just, yeah, I went a little heavier today. And then you can walk out of the gym and feel like a badass and feel like you're strong as fuck because you are, okay? You fucking are. It's 6.30 in the morning. I'm getting emotional thinking about how strong everyone is and I don't know. (laughs) All right, my coffee is clearly kicking in. So, all right, everyone, that has been the podcast. Got a little weird there at the end. So I want to thank you all for listening and... I don't really know what else I want to say here. So just thank you so much. And I will talk to you soon.